Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hi, it's Dan from Desert Island Dicks. Wow, I've completely lost my voice. I didn't realize because I haven't spoke in a couple of hours, but uh, I just had a coughing fit, and now I'm recording this intro, I've realized I can't speak, which might be an issue because um, I'm doing a live Desert Island Dicks in two days' time. But look, before we get onto the details of that, this show features comedian Lauren Patterson, and uh, we had a lovely chat about all the people and things that would make her time on a desert island a shitty experience. She was a great guest. Um, You might notice in the background there's some funny noises at some point. That's because she had a little dog that was uh, playing around in the background. So if you hear any sort of scuffling funny noises in the background, um, that's her dog. But I don't think it detracted from anything. Um, In fact, for dog enthusiasts, maybe you'll find the sound uh, particularly homely. I don't know. Now, as I mentioned before, uh, in a couple of days, I mean, because I'm publishing this on Tuesday night. We are doing Desert Island Dicks live as part of the Cheerful Earful Podcast Festival. So Thursday the 6th of October, we will be in the Bedford Pub in Balham, Southwest London and our guest is John Robbins. You know John Robbins. He's done loads of stuff. Podcasts, broadcasting and of course an award winning comedian as well. So it's going to be loads of fun. You can get tickets by going to cheerfulearful.co.uk. We've also got the link up on our Twitter and Instagram at DixPod and in the description of this podcast somewhere as well. Or you can even just turn up and buy tickets on the door, I believe. I think there's still a few left. I mean, there's only a couple of days to go. This is going to go out late on Tuesday night. So, yeah, not long to get tickets. But, yeah, if you haven't managed to, I reckon you can still get them on the door. And uh, it'd be lovely to meet you. Hopefully, I'll be able to speak properly then. Um, My family have had the lurgy and I'm sort of the last one to get it. So I'm hoping it sort of passes through my system before then. But look, I'm going to soldier on regardless um, as long as I can actually speak. So I'm going to save my voice now, let you listen to Lauren Patterson on Desert Island Dicks and I'll be back at the end for a tiny bit more waffle. And that's it. Here we go. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian, actor, podcaster and writer Lauren Patterson. How are you doing? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, you know, typical average Wednesday mood, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing all right. How are you feeling today on this uh, average day? I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty calm. It's not raining, which is a relief. Mm. I feel like it's been quite biblical. Heaven's open the last few days, and it means every time I try and take the dog out, he looks at me like I'm a piece of shit, and I'm like, I don't want to be outside either. But mm. this is what we have to do. But it's quite a nice quite a nice day today okay so feeling sort of fairly upbeat um i mean you know we're about to sort of deal with the worst people and things that you can imagine to yes. be stuck with um is this a, is this a daunting task for you do you find it like something you relish i found it 
probably too easy. Right. Okay. <laughs> as soon as we were like, can you think of three people? I was like, oh, I, I can think of more. So yeah. many more. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like sometimes I should ask people back on like a year later. To, you know, do you, do you want to yes. stay with those people or, or add more? You exactly. Know? Okay. Well, look, let's dive in. We'll see who, who you did narrow it down to. Um, who's going to be the yes. first person joining you on the island? The first person joining me on the island. This is maybe a little bit generic but I can also picture this person I've met them many times so I have worked in well I don't do it now but worked in hospitality for a long time Mm -hmm. so I've been a waitress and the first person who came to mind would be the person who complains about the food after you've checked back and they've said everything's fine and after they've eaten the entire meal yeah yeah (laughs) oh my god it used to wind me up so much because especially you'd stand there and they've got a clean empty clear plate in front of them and you'd be like oh is everything all right with your meal well actually and i'd stand there and think well you've eaten it yeah. so it can't be that bad and also what do you want me to do now you've eaten it like <laughs> yeah i've come here i've paid for food i've eaten all of the food i'd like a discount please exactly exactly it used to frustrate me and i was so shit hot on making sure i went and checked back on people mm. and was like are you okay everything and loads of people i've seen before being like oh do we as deliberately wait till you've got a big bit of food and yes yes we do mm. or i did at least <laughs> wait till they've got the biggest mouthful of food but i would make sure i asked everybody look is everything all right this this is your window i am granting you a window of complaint no 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 everything's fine and oh i, I would feel my blood boil because you know you're not daft i'm like you're doing this to try and get Mm. So like off, money off to get and I mean we all love a bargain, we all love a discount, but why? Why are you being so it's just difficult. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I feel like well, I've I've been in situations where I remember actually it was someone in, in the group of people I was with. Like the waiter came round and, and this guy started critiquing the food back to him. Like he thought it was fine but it was a bit under seasoned and he was going you know, I think it just needs a little lift, you know, maybe something like this, like a bit of citrus or something. And it's like, look, yeah. like you send it back when you physically can't eat it or it's can't really it. disgusting or if like the wine is corked and fucked, you know, like if it's fine, but you just don't like it that much, that's a different thing. Like if it's, you know, it's been exactly. cooked, you don't like the taste, but it's not bad then I think you don't really have a, a leg to stand on I think you just shut up nah I always remember somebody sending back her salads and I think to be fair she'd got the wrong salad so I was like that that's totally fair and I took it back to the kitchen and anyone who's ever had to work with chefs will know chefs are brilliant hard-working people but oh my god they are difficult to work with they work to their Hmm. schedule they know what they're doing and in comes me little 21 22 however old I was at the time and I was like oh this person's had the wrong salad so they need a new one and you just get ignored and you're like no 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 please can someone listen to me Hmm. like I appreciate you're all really busy but this needs bumping to the top and they ignored me for so long to the point where I could feel the woman's eyes like it was one of these like open so she could see into the kitchen I could feel her eyes on us and I went over and she was like can you not just do it yourself and I was like I I, I completely appreciate it's just a salad but I am 21 <laughs> yeah. you do not want me anywhere near your food <laughs> absolutely <laughs> how do you think it's going to go down if the chefs aren't even going to acknowledge my existence how do you think they're going yeah. to react to me stepping into their world and going absolutely. in the kitchen absolutely oh, I pictured it being like you know something out of a western when somebody walks into the saloon doors and they all just turn that's what it would have been like yeah. they would have been like hey, why is she entering our sacred space and I think 
difficult customers in general are the bit I judge people very harshly on how they treat like shop workers, waiters, taxi drivers. I really, really judge people who treat people like awful. But ah, oh, just difficult customers. But the food, the food one gets us the most because I'm like, you ate it. Yeah, you exactly. Ate it. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think working in hospitality is really hard. Like I've, I've I've done like tiny little bits and pieces here and there, but I've never had like a proper stint in it. We're all familiar with these sort of annoying people, and I think sometimes people sort of almost do it so that they've got almost sort of makes them look discerning. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's sort of like, yeah. oh, well, uh, actually, I found mine a bit. It's like, come on, like, it's fine. We're not, you know, what are you expecting from the sort of place we're in? It's like, you know, there's levels of it as well. It's like if you go somewhere really high end, it's your birthday, you're paying loads of money, you know, exactly. it's got to be perfect. If it's just like your local cafe, then like give them a fucking break. Oh, definitely. I used to work in a in a supermarket cafe and it's the closest I think I've ever been to just having a complete breakdown at work because I wasn't I wasn't really like properly trained um you know you're sort of picking things up as you go along and obviously I was making a lot of like fry ups which isn't hard but it's timing it's getting everything ready at the same time and all that kind of stuff and the thing I found hardest right was the eggs I don't know if anyone's worked in a supermarket cafe but you basically have like a hot plate almost thing Mm -hmm. you crack the egg onto it and it cooks on there and you can like flip it or whatever and I just could not for the life of me do an egg like really well and I remember one day thinking right I've smashed it finally like got it perfect like often they would split and stuff when you flip them I was looking at the most beautiful egg I've ever seen in my life and I was like well done Lauren the girl took it to the customer and he sent it back because the egg was too runny and I thought but I like a runny egg yeah. like that's I've cooked I've kind of cooked it how I would have it like a runny egg and I thought, fair enough, I'm still learning. Maybe do your eggs a bit, like, tougher. Because some of the other girls would flip them so they're, like, sealed on the other side. I was like, right, I've got the knack now. I'm going to do it. So, you know, next breakfast comes on. I was the one plating up all the food. I was like, brilliant. Put the egg on. Just sent it back because it was too hard. And knowing you just think, am I being punked here? Is this... Yeah. It, I felt like I was living in an episode of Goldilocks. I was like, <laughs> right, okay, so that egg was too runny this egg is too hard and I felt like saying at the end of the day we are in a supermarket cafe I don't think you can have too many preferences of exactly how you would like your yolk cooked yeah. like oh my god yeah it's not really the place to sort of get all like... exactly I once had a woman ask him so I was on the, the, the till like taking the orders and she asked if she could have the fat cut off our bacon and I thought do it yourself. Yeah, just <laughs> cut the fat off. It's, e- it's much it's, easier oh, once it's cooked anyway. Exactly. I was like, Shelley, that's an easier job for you to do. And I do think working in restaurants, in supermarket cafes, has really made me a lot more of a considerate mm. diner. I used to be a very, very fussy eater. And now I'm just like, if I can pick it off myself, I'll pick it off myself. And as long as it's not going to kill us, just eat it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something as well about... Like things that you could really easily do yourself if you were at home and you know it's going to take yeah. more time. Like having the fat cut off your bacon, it's like, well, it's there. I could just do it now and eat it. And then otherwise exactly. I've got to wait like maybe a minute for them to send it back. I've got to get their attention. They've got to send it back. Hope they don't spit yeah. in my food because I'm being annoying. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, and just dealing with someone like that on an island, you're together in a desert island after a plane crash and it's like, oh, somebody's just a bit picky and it's like, it's not important right now. Come exactly. on, bigger picture. Just have your fry up and, and do your shopping. Can you imagine? Be like, oh, my my fresh fish isn't actually cooked properly. We're on an island. Mm. 
Of course, it's not going to be cooked properly. We've got a fire and optimism. That's all we've got. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really strong start. Um, who's going to be the second person joining you? Ticket touts. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if this is a sign of... I know I'm not old, but I'm aware I'm getting older. And I've become increasingly infuriated by ticket touts. And I was trying to buy tickets on pre-sale for somebody the other week and couldn't get them. Tried on the general release, couldn't get them. And then you look at the ticket touts, and this is how I know I'm becoming my dad. I was like, they're just making it impossible for the real fans to get hold of tickets. And as it came out my mouth, I was like, you're still in your 20s. Who is this person? (laughs) This is not, but I I find ticket touts deplorable. Mm. Like genuinely, I don't know how they do it. I don't know what their tactics are. I don't know if it's like some kind of conspiracy and all the ticket companies are actually working like in cahoots but they wind me up so much trying to get tickets for something now only to find out you've been beaten by like a robot mm. is infuriating yeah infuriating. because i guess i guess now there is sort of software and stuff that they can probably do it but you know like when i used to go out years ago i mean like I'm 40 now, but there, before the internet was like a big thing, you'd still get ticket touts, and it was like, how did you? Yeah, I couldn't get them in time, and I was there when they went exactly. on sale. So how the fuck are you doing it? Like, is this a big plot or something? I remember once going to a show, and I, I think one person with us had like just decided to tag along and see if they could get a ticket or something. But everyone yeah. else had tickets, and this tout came up to us, and um, my mate said, "Oh no, it's all right. I got mine off eBay or something." Because it was like early days uh-huh. of things like that. Like, it had only just become a thing where you could like buy reselling tickets online and stuff. Yeah. And this ticket tout got really angry. He's like, "Oh man, eBay, bunch of crooks. They should all be locked up." And you're like, <laughs> you know, this is this is the same thing you're doing. Like it's the exactly. same thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd sort of. This just shows how long it's been since I've been to a gig. Like, I mean, I, I forgot they existed. Absolutely. And I think because with doing comedy, a lot of the things I buy tickets for are comedy. So no disrespect to comedians, not exactly hard to get hold mm. of. Like, even if a comedian's doing like a big venue like the arena, they don't sell out like in a in a heartbeat. And twice in the last couple of weeks, I've tried to get tickets for like someone musicy. Mm. Um, and it's just been like, you know, like total wipeout. I feel like I'm having to do this whole obstacle course. Today it was count, I'm tried and failed on two websites and I was like, no way have these sold out in 60 seconds. I managed to get some on the third website I tried, but then it gave me like four seconds to put my card details in and we can see the countdown yeah. going down. And I was like, I've only just woke up. I can't type <laughs> this fast. And all I could think was, how is a robot well I know how a robot is doing it faster than me because they're more competent but yeah infuriating but they've always had a way of getting them I, before before there were apps and like cheats and like robots robots and computer things god I sound so old to them. I just oh really you know <laughs> But before there was sort of electronically managed ways of getting tickets quicker, yeah, it was still really hard to get them, and I don't know how they do it. And again, like putting this person onto the island with you, that kind of cunning and sort of like, yeah. you know, you couldn't trust them. No, not at all. And you'd be thinking, God, do you know what? I'm sure that there should be a load of coconuts ripened today because yesterday there were loads that were just about to be ready, and suddenly you're like, yeah. Oh, what? You've got some, have you? Oh, how much do you want for them? Oh, bloody hell. Like, now I've got to go and find a load of shells. Exactly. Yeah, I think it would be a really difficult thing to deal with. Um, And also, it's one of those things where you're like, you know certain dodgy enterprises that don't even seem that easy? 
It's like, it still seems like quite a lot of effort and work. Yeah. It's not like just free money. It's, you, I know. You, know, you might as well just do anything else. It can't be that easy. Yeah. I hadn't realised just what an ordeal it was. Like, I tried to get some for something today and I thought I've had to set an alarm. I've had to get up early. I've had to have multiple tabs open. I've had to have my... It, the level of organisation that has to go into it. And I'm like, now imagine if you're someone mm. who's a tout yeah. and is trying to buy, like, a hundred tickets. Like, I mean... Although maybe it would be useful to have someone who is clearly such a criminal mastermind on board. Yeah, so, right, we've got a complainy person in the service industry, and then we've got a ticket tout, and I feel like they're probably going to bang up against each other a bit. I feel like the complainy person probably won't won't like the ticket tout that much as no. well, so already you've got a bit of friction there. Absolutely. Like, I can just imagine the drama that would unfold, because I think if you've got someone who is quite mm. whingy, and then someone who is quite sneaky. Yeah. They're going to rub each other up the wrong way 100%. 100%. Cuz I think the whingy person would be quite sort of play by the rules like, you know, straight down the line kind of thing, so. Yes. Yeah. And you don't want to team up with them against the the tout because they're a pain in the ass basically, so. That's the thing. Yeah, I'd feel like I'd want to sort of form some kind of allegiance against the whingy person, but then I couldn't get into bed with a ticket tout. I couldn't. No. Okay, well, let's see who the third person is and how they're going to fit into this this mess. Okay, my third person is I'm a very big advocate of the quiet coach on the train. Mm -hmm. As someone who has to, like, travel a lot for gigs, I always think it's better to sit in the quiet coach because I'm like, especially if I'm travelling on a weekend... I don't want to, like, police other people's night out. So I'm like, yep, cool, you sit and you have your drinks and you be loud and you be a hen party, stag party, whatever. But I want a little sacred space where I can travel from Newcastle to Liverpool or wherever in silence. I love a bit of silence on the way to a gig. I like to get my head clear. And probably one of the most irritating people in life are people who come and sit in the quiet coach and just talk either really loudly to whoever they're with or they'll talk on the phone, or they'll bring a kid and they'll, like, give the kid something to play with without headphones. Anyone who disrupts my sacred space (laughs) of the quiet coach is my worst nightmare. So annoying. So annoying. Like, I can feel my heart... Whenever I see someone with a kid get on, I'm like, I'm not going to judge you just because you've got a kid. Maybe your kid wants a bit of peace and quiet as well. And then the iPad comes out, (laughs) and then it's full volume, and I'm like, oh, this is torture. Torture. It really stresses me out a lot. I mean, as someone with two kids, the idea of me being with my kids in a quiet coach is stressful to me, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what I always find bizarre. When I see someone get on the quiet coach with kids, I'm like, surely you mustn't know that you've booked this coach because if I was ever travelling with, say, like my niece or my nephew, I would go in the loudest place possible so that their Mm. sheer chaos would just blend into everything else (laughs) yeah definitely I mean I've taken my oldest to the cinema a couple of times and like it's unbelievable how many times you have to tell him to to keep the noise down but I think you know he's an excitable five-year-old and you're in a cinema full of excited five-year-olds so it's kind of you know there's leeway it's like it's you know we're all watching a film at nine in the morning so (laughs) it's kind of we all know the deal but yeah it's like as a parent just having kids in in quiet places is so stressful so to to voluntarily go into that I I think is insane and 
for the rest of the people who are just ignoring it, I think, yeah, it's just, I guess it's selfishness, isn't it? Or just sort of lack of awareness, which is yeah. increasingly just annoys the crap out of me. Like, you know, people just play music out loud on their phone That's anyway. That's what like, gets me, yeah. Even in a non-quiet coach, it's like, how have you arrived at this this point where you think that we want to hear your music played badly through a tiny speaker? Yeah. I mean, I think life would actually be quite good if you could have that... If you, if you were so unbothered, except to make you an awful person, oh, but yeah. like to barrel through life like that must be so freeing. I mean, no anxiety, exactly. just like you think everyone's having a great time because you're helping them enjoy this music. Yeah, like if my phone accidentally plays like an advert out loud, I instantly want the ground to open up and swallow it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I have disrupted the piece. And I do kind of wish I had that confidence just to be like, you know what everyone wants to hear? My youtube adverts and it's like no please don't yeah. and i just find it very as someone who sort of like finds travel quite stressful mm. like i don't find being a comedian the most stressful part about being a comedian is the travel like trains are delayed or cancelled or late and you've got like some journeys take like two or three trains and you're just like oh, i just want a nice peaceful journey and i just find it so entitled when someone just comes fair enough if a train doesn't have a quiet coach fair enough i can't be the police of that but when it does and someone comes in my little sacred space I'm just like oh I just wanted I just wanted to hear nothing <laughs> that's all I wanted and I feel like on a desert island that is the ideal place to get a bit of peace and quiet and I think if someone with that mentality was on my peaceful desert island they would not show up they'd be like oh isn't the sea lovely and I'm like oh I've come to this corner of the island to get away from mm. you Yet you're here. You're here. Yeah. Well, I think also it's just the lack of awareness of all of of all your needs or wants. Whether you're stressed or hungry or pissed off or tired or anything, it's just not going to matter to that person. Like you could be there sobbing, yeah. just missing home and just desperately upset, and they just sort of give you a little punch on the arm. They're like, "You're right. Like not now. Yeah. Just fuck off." Exactly. Yeah. Read the room. Yeah. Read the room. Exactly. And I'm too um I'm too awkward to like speak up as well because I I don't really like confrontation, but I was once on a train when somebody dared to challenge someone who was not obeying <coughs> the rules of the quiet coach, and it was probably the greatest moment of my life. It was absolutely incredible. I think she might have even handed him headphones. She must have had like a oh, spare pair or something. Nice. And I was like, "What a ball I move." Like she was very nice about it she wasn't like an arsehole but I think she just sort of leaned over and was like I'm really sorry I don't know if you're aware but you are in the quiet coach people are traveling in this coach specifically for it to be a bit more peaceful but I do have some spare headphones for you Mm. and I thought she's played that brilliantly because he can't really say no because he's gonna look a dick Mm -hmm. like if he goes no no I don't want your headphones that you're offering me quite passively aggressively kindly (laughs) (laughs) It's very... I aspire to be that woman. Yeah. I often think about her. Yeah, and it's pretty ballsy. I think I have once, but then even, I think I was a bit drunk. And now thinking back to that, like, it just terrifies me that I'd even tried that. Like, now I can't even imagine yeah. myself doing it. But I think I was a bit tipsy and some guy was on FaceTime. And I was like, can you not just... Can you not just yeah. have a call? You can... I know if you're worried about not having enough credit, you can, you know you can, like, FaceTime, just do a call. Like, you can just do exactly. an audio call. Just... What I'm saying is shut the fuck up. Yeah, please be quiet. I'm really bad for asking people to move out of my seat, you know, if someone's in your reserved seat. Right, yeah, yeah. And obviously, if the, train, if the train's dead quiet, I'm like, it's not the end of the world, I'll go sit somewhere else. But if the train's really busy and there's nowhere else to sit, I get quite panicky because I'm like, oh, well, technically that's 
my seat, but I don't want to ask them to move. I knew that I loved my boyfriend. Well, I knew I loved him before this, but this was one of those moments where you're like, yes, you're the one for me. We got on a really busy train. We had our reserved seats. Someone was sitting there and I instantly turned to him and went, oh God, someone sat on my seats. I was like, I really can't be bothered with the confrontation. He just strolled forwards with the confidence that I wish I had. Very politely to these two women went, I'm really sorry, but these are our seats. And they just got up and moved. And I stood and only feel like, like somewhere out of an officer and a gentleman where he picks her up and that's what I felt like and all he'd done was ask two people to move out of our seats and I was like I'm in love with you this is this is incredible look at the confidence nice I wonder if there could be like an opposite coach of the quiet coach where it's like not a party coach but just a coach for like really unaware people because I wonder if they're also annoyed at other people. So you go into that coach and it's got thicker doors and stuff to isolate it from everywhere else. Everyone's playing music on their phones, eating smelly food, having loud conversations in (laughs) each other's seats. And it's just like, you know, this wonderful awful place that everyone can just get on board with you know i agree the free for all coach that's yeah, what it should be yeah exactly Co- coach f for free for all yeah. that's where you belong <laughs> well until someone comes up and invents it uh they, this sort of person is still very annoying so i think they're a fair addition to your island okay absolutely reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Now, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Okay, my least favourite food. I don't know if this is controversial. Onion, any kind of onion. Brown onion, red onion. I've never liked it. I'm... I'm a child when it comes... I know I was just saying, like, literally five minutes ago, like, mm, I'm not fussy anymore. <laughs> but there's something about onion. If onion's in a recipe, I just leave it out. I'm like, nope. Like, if I... You know, if you order a burger from somewhere and it's got, like, a big, mm. like, ring of raw onion on, I wouldn't ask them to take it out, but I'll pick it out. I cannot stand it. I hate, I hate cheese and onion flavour. Like, I find it... I think it is more the texture mm. of onion... Rather, if you chop it up teeny tiny small, I won't notice. Yep, that's fine. But any recipe that requests sort of like big slices or big chunks of onion, I'm like, either dice it small or don't put it in. I can't. It makes us want to gag. I hate it. (laughs) I absolutely hate it. I wonder if it's one of those things that like... You know, some people just have... I mean, obviously, it's a very strong flavour, so it's, it does make sense. Yeah. But you know, some people have, like, a particularly strong reaction to it. Because, like, if you can't even have it cooked and stuff... Because most, yeah. most, most dishes start with, like, chop up an onion, don't they? Like, so exactly. many things. And it's like... It's weird that society's evolved to a point where so much food has to begin at this point of, like... With this an one onion, thing, yeah. Isn't it? I mean, yeah, I haven't really imagined what it must be like if you're at that point where... Nah, if it's chopped so small, I can't taste it. But we cooked something the other day and it was maybe not as little chunks and only just get a bite of it. And I thought, this is now ruined the whole... I know I need to grow up. I know this is very much a me problem. I also get wound up about red onion in general because I don't think it's red. It's purple. Why do they call it red onion? That's, that's fair, actually. Yeah, that's fair. I never really thought maybe, of it. Maybe if it was a bit more honest about who it was, mm. I would I would warm to it a bit more. Mm. 
I have progressed to the fact I can have a shallot. Okay, yeah. So I think that's a start, but they're a bit sweeter, aren't they? I think so, yeah, yeah. I think it's different, like, being fussy is different to just not liking something, you know? It's, I yeah. think it's fair enough, isn't it? And, like... Um, and also, we're just talking about this being the only food on the island. So, I mean, yeah. that's a really shit thing to be left with. I was going to say, that's a pretty bad, a bad place to start. Like just having to eat an onion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, my friend at uni used to often, like, he'd come in and he'd go, oh, I'm really hungry. Can I make myself a sandwich? And you go, oh, I haven't really got anything. And he'd go, oh, it's right, I'll just make an onion sandwich. And he'd just have butter and onion. Oh. And I, I don't mind having onion inside sandwiches. Like, I, don't, yeah. I quite like strong tastes and stuff like that. But it was just something so bleak about this, like, just onion sandwich. And it was... The sole ingredient. Yeah, yeah. and it wasn't like mild onion. You know, it's like big, strong cooking onions. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, thinking about that, I can understand why, why, yeah, that would be a really shit thing to be stuck with onion. Oh, mind. Even, like, I quite like butter. So I love, like, slice of bread with a big wadge of butter on it but I remember doing food tech in secondary school and watching someone in the class just go around licking all the like when you had the butter on the greaseproof paper the teacher had obviously measured it out for everyone and she was like licking the remnants of the butter off and I thought that's that's too far for me yeah I mean too far you know if it was like the end of the second world war you know that was happening then like yeah maybe okay yeah fine it's a luxury now but yeah I think in these these days there's no, there's really no excuse for it. Yeah. licking butter. I can't think like the worst meal deal possible would be an onion sandwich, cheese and onion crisps, and then my drink, mm. sparkling water. Great. Vile. Yes. Vile. I am oh. so on board with you for this because I can't stand it. Do you know what? So when this podcast was originally started, it was started by my friend James. He was the original host. When he was working out the idea, I was the very first guest and my drink choice was sparkling water. So you found a kindred spirit. I just think it tastes like soapy almost. It's so unpleasant. I think there's nothing worse than when you see a glass of clear liquid and you think, oh, someone's had a glass of water, I'll have a little sip. And then it's just bubbly Mm. but not even fizzy like I love a fizzy drink absolutely love a fizzy drink but there's something about sparkling water my boyfriend loves it my boyfriend has like a two liter bottle of it in his car at all times like his emergency sparkling water I think it's vile absolutely vile yeah and it's so hard to like people say it's more refreshing but it's sort of like it's sharp isn't it it's like I feel this again is something where like people who like it just go but it's just water with bubbles in I don't get it this is such a boring thing to say but water is like my favorite soft drink like I drink a lot of water it's always just what I'm in the mood for like big glass of cold water and when it's like fizzy it's like no but this doesn't just taste with it's not the same with bubbles there's like exactly. a, a sort of weird bitterness to it or something that's the thing it's the bitterness like you drink it and it, it has this aftertaste but it's not an aftertaste because it's the actual taste and I'm just like mm. oh I find yeah. it so unpleasant and it makes going out for food with him very difficult because I know he would love nothing more than a bottle of sparkling water mm. for the table and I'm just like please don't make me suffer yeah please yeah exactly <laughs> like if, if yeah if I'm out and people order sparkling water I'm just getting dehydrated that's that's just how yeah. it's going down it's the kind of drink where like you feel like you need to like towel your tongue down after <laughs> do you know what I mean like yeah oh it's like licking a carpet mm. that's what I find drinking sparkling water and if that's all I had on that island oh I ain't lasting long yeah because it's so close to something refreshing and good and life-sustaining my wife used to hate it as well and then just a few years ago I was like 
you bought sparkling water by mistake. And, and she's like, no, no, I like it now. And it's like, oh. what? Sorry. Sorry, darling. What the fuck is going on here? Like, <laughs> when did this happen? Who when, are you? Yeah, like, are you having an affair? Like, because this is quite a big change, you know. Exactly. So I think it's a very, very good choice on the island. I remember when I first started, like, drinking, and, you know, when you're trying to, like, when you're 18 or 17 or whatever, and you're trying to find which drinks you like. And I remember someone buying me a gin and tonic on a night out, and I was like, ugh, ah, vile. I obviously don't like gin. thought for years I didn't like gin until I made the right realisation it's the tonic I don't like. And I think it's that very similar kind of thing to, like, it, give, it gives me the same sort of effect as, like, sparkling water. So I would always have a gin and lemonade, and then everyone would take the piss and say I was a proper hun because I'm having, like, a gin and lemonade. I was like, let me be a hun if I want to be a hun. That is absolutely <laughs> fine. Fair enough. All right, well, sparkling water is going to join you on the island. Now, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song or what are they and why my least favourite film is Transformers okay yeah 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 the entire franchise I don't understand how there are so many like amazing stories waiting to be told and I'm really obsessed with like the blacklist as well in Hollywood mm-hmm. you know is it the films that don't get made that year but like should have been made or whatever mm. and then some some of them get made like years later you sometimes see some of these films that have been on the blacklist or whatever and then they get made like years later and i think how did it take you that long to get made and there's been like what six transformers <laughs> seven tra- so many transformers it's just it's everything i hate in a film it absolutely if, if someone said to me can you imagine your worst film i'd be like it exists it's transformers i'm not a big fan mm. of robots and I bet tell you who would get on with the Transformers film, the ticket out. Yeah, they'd be like yeah. they'd be in cahoots. <laughs> They've probably been to the premiere because they got themselves tickets somehow. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, really don't like Transformers. I grew up with the Transformers. You know, the original animated thing that was my favourite yes, cartoon when yeah. I was a little boy, and I had I had the Transformers. Now my son likes the Transformers as well, but. When when the first one came out, and I was kind of thinking, oh, you know, a few of my friends from the similar era were like, oh, right, maybe this will be quite exciting, like, relive our youth. And we all thought it was shit as well. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I don't know why, it's just, I'm just so not interested. And I think something about special effects films, like, when I was young... Yes. Special effects, like, were still not amazing, so that when they were good, you go, oh, my God, the effects in this film... Exactly. I think for a long time now, special effects have been so good and so seamless that it doesn't even matter anymore. Like the last 15 years, it's like, who cares? Like you can't even say the special effects are good because it's a given that they're going to be good because it's the year 2022 yeah. and we've got green screens and everything. Like they're always pretty seamless. Occasionally, you know, you'd watch like a Pixar film and be like, bloody hell, that looks real now. Yes. But yeah. even that, it's not like it looked shit before. So like, and, and they're still really long. What's going on? Like, I don't, I just don't care. I think that's the thing for me as well. I don't like a long... I shouldn't have to pause a film for, like, a refresh, for a break, Mm. for a pep talk to get through the rest of the the film. Mind, I did get the end of it. There's only one film I've nearly walked out of ever, and that was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Only film I've nearly walked... And again, I think that was quite long... I wasn't interested, but it did get good at the end. So that's that was nearly going to be my film, but I was like, you know what? I did actually enjoy the last half hour where I was Transformers. No, no. fair enough. Eternal, eternal yeah. hell. It's weird because these things are like, 
you know, it's a, it starts off as like a silly cartoon for young children. Yeah. But then by the time you've made it into a blockbuster, it yeah. has to then be a bit serious because they can't make it. They've got to appeal to as broad as audience as possible. So they can't make it silly and, yeah. and ridiculous. I think that's what I find quite jarring about it. I'm like, essentially, this is kids, a kid's thing, like a kid's toy and a kid's cartoon. Mm. And you've sort of like amped it up to this real like high stakes quite actiony and I'm like imagine if when the new Barbie film comes out it's like some kind of proper thriller deep feminism film (laughs) yeah it's like the backstory like how she became this character I think Transformers would be much better if it was just a kids film made by Pixar or whoever and then you as an adult could enjoy it like that but yeah to make it serious it's like come on fuck off like there are other films waiting to be made you said you know there shouldn't be that many of them you know, it's, it's, there should be a limit. And what what would your song choice be? <laughs> My song choice is Mr. Blobby. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, of course. Because that was number one when I was born. So I'm quite fascinated by things like that. Like, oh, what song was number one, like, when you were a kid and when you were born yeah. and stuff. And number one when <laughs> I was born, Christmas 1993, is Mr. Blobby. And I'm like, what a shit song to have as your oh, this was number one when I was born, and now I feel like almost my entire life is defined by <laughs> Mr. Blobby. Like, right. like you know, in Chinese astrology, you're, like, born under a certain star sign. <laughs> yeah. if, imagine if it had that much effect. You're like, oh, God, our little girl, exactly. she's born under Mr. Blobby's era. I mean, the one thing I will say, as someone who lived through that era, at least you didn't have to experience it. I mean... That's the thing. I only have very, very vague memories of Noel Edmonds' house party, mm. but very, very vague, almost like a fever dream. Yeah. And yes, I think at least... Because when you think about it, very creepy. Oh, horrendously very creepy. creepy. Yeah, <laughs> even at the time, he was quite polarising, you know. Yeah. The weird thing is, when something like that happens, you kind of think, OK, look, we've had a laugh on Saturday night. We've seen Mr Blobby causing havoc yet again. Yeah. You know, pranking someone or whatever, but... But you've gone out and you've bought that. You're going to play it in your own time in your house. And you'd be in the car and they're doing the chart show and then they have to play it because it's number one. It's like no. you're in the car going, what the fucking hell? Like, this is so mad. You could be at work and it would come on. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Exactly. And especially Christmas as well. Like mm. I, I grew up when, you know, Christmas number one was like a big thing. And I just think, why as a nation did we allow that to happen? Why? Nothing, nothing to me screams Christmas less like a pink and yellow. Is he an alien? I don't even know what he is. A blob? I guess so. I don't. I don't know if they ever had an origin story. Maybe that would be the next thing. Like yeah. Hollywood loves an origin story, don't they? Like, That'll be the next. The next Transformers mm. film will be like Mr. Blobby's origin story. But in, it's one of those songs as well that is just bad. Yeah. Like, and it's on a loop and torturous torturous I just wish I had I wish I had a cool song Mm. being number one on my birthday or like a meaningful song yeah and it's great to think of yourself trapped on an island with that as the backdrop I mean it's such a going mad on an (laughs) island song isn't it I love those sort of those choices from from guests when it's you can just imagine you just in the in just a total emotional wreck with Mr Blobby playing in the background it's it's horrendous I mean I've got it stuck in my head now I was gonna say it's one of those that's very easy to get like wedged into your head as well Mm. and 
it's got that quite like sinister sinister undertone to it which oh. yeah there was something sinister he wasn't just an annoying figure it was like there's something weird yeah. going on like the, the sort of processing on his voice was really like sort of semi-robotic yeah. isn't it it's like <laughs> wow Okay, well, look, I think we need to move on swiftly just to try and uh, distract yes. ourselves from, from the songs in our head, but it's a very fine choice. But uh, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? Absolutely, a hairless cat. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I do think you fall in the two camps. You're either a cat person or a dog person. I'm firmly a dog person, so I'm not massively a cat lover anyway. But there's something about a hairless cat where I'm like... You know, I do say it's unfair just to say I don't. Hashtag not all cats. I do like some cats. Like, I've had friends who've had cats and I like when they come sit on your knee and you stroke them mm. and, you know, they do the little knead and the biscuits thing on your mm. leg. But then you have a hairless cat. And I'm like, not only are you a cat, which is fundamentally worse than a dog, but you don't even have the redeeming quality of having hair. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like do yeah. you stroke a hairless cat? Are you? I guess you do, but, like... What like, does it feel like? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've got a cat and he's really got really lovely thick fur. And, yeah. And he's really, like, he's, you know, I don't mind if people don't like cats. It's fine. Like, I get that they are dicks. But, like, you know, he's so nice <laughs> and soft. But the idea of just, just exactly. skin is, like, I, the only thing I can imagine it might be like is, like, you know, some dogs, like, I used to know somebody had a, a sausage dog. And, yeah. Um, his tummy was kind of a bit bald. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like, and it's something about that, like hot skin, hot fleshy. Yeah, I found it really horrible. Like the rest of him was like a nice velvety yeah. coat, but there was something. He was sitting on my lap, and I was like, you know, you yeah. don't offend anyone like slagging off their dog. But I was like, it was like, you know, when you're cooking a chicken, like chicken, uh-huh. cold chicken skin, but then you heat that like that warm. And I imagine that's what the whole cat must be like. That it's exactly like, all I can imagine is no like. When you see like sort of a bald man, like that bit in between their head and their mm. neck, and it's like a bit of a sort of like almost like a fold of skin. I'm like, is that what it's like? Mm. But maybe, yeah. Like, say if someone said to me, "Oh, we we want to get a cat." Like, say if my boyfriend said, "I want to get a cat," I wouldn't be furious. I'd be like, "Yeah, whatever." Like, fluffy, cuddly, okay. But just a hair. I find them quite menacing. Mm. The shape of their faces is very yeah. sort of like aggressive, pointy looking as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, and I think cats deep down are out to get us. I think I think they're waiting for their moment to mm. take over. So I think if I was on a desert island surrounded by hairless cats, I would just accept that these people rule my rule my life now. I bow down to my hairless yeah. cat overloads. They would definitely be a scary animal to wake up to. Yeah. Like if you just woke up and there was just a few of them yeah. just staring at you or something. And and yeah, even if they were friendly ones, just it's not something to cuddle up with. It's like Exactly. I just uh, I'm curious as to what they feel like, but if you feel anything like that dog's stomach, I just um, don't want to know. I had never really thought about it. I knew they sort of like creeped us out a bit to look at, but it was only, it was when you were on about like, oh, like pick an animal. And I googled hairless cats and the first thing that came up on Google was it would put a 3D one in my living room. You know, like some kind of feature. It was like, do you want to see a hairless cat? And, oh, and right. I was like, absolutely not. Don't put one in my living room. <laughs> and then I started to think about, well, hang on, what would one feel like? And especially on the desert island where it's hot. And mm. I was like, will it just, will it be sweaty? Oh, God, yeah, like a sweating hairless cat. Exactly. 
Because even my dog, when my dog gets hot, like even his hair feels a bit like greasy, obviously, but mm. you're like, well, whatever, you're a dog in a fur coat in the summer. But then if it's a hairless cat and if it is just that like fleshy bit, do, do they sweat? I don't know, yeah, because my cat doesn't, it's like a dick, because it's like fur rather than hair, isn't it? So yeah. it doesn't sort of get greasy, but yeah, fuck knows what they're like. I don't know. I don't want to find out either. I mean, a no. bit of me is curious, but <laughs> only a little bit. I'm happy to live in ignorance, I think. Um, Lauren, you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. And uh, you've picked a really good selection of people and things that will no doubt make your life a total nightmare on the island. Absolutely. So, um, so well done on that. Now, um, for those of us wanting to find out more about what you're up to at the minute, um, where's the best place to find out? You're, you're, on, you're doing a tour at the minute? Yeah, I'm doing a little tour so you can find me on at Lauren Patterson on Twitter and I think I've got all the dates pinned on there or I'm Lauren underscore Patterson on Instagram and I imagine they'll be on there as well lovely cool thank you very much well it's been lovely to talk to you thank you for coming on Desert Island Dicks today thank you for having me thank you there you go that was Des Island Dicks with Lauren Patterson and thanks again to her for joining us now I better get going because otherwise I'm going to use up what little voice I have but I just wanted to say Des Island Dicks is a sync clap production it was dreamt up and produced by James Deacon and uh, is produced and hosted by me Dan Benedictus I edited it this time but normally often if I can I get Chris Attaway to do it because he's a much better editor than I am and uh, thanks as always to John Deacon not the bass player from Queen but James's dad John Deacon for his unwavering support as well as to everyone else who is, supports us unwaveringly as well uh, we love it that you listen and uh, we're very grateful indeed and having said how grateful I am it seems bad to um, then ask you for something but if you'd like to leave a rating or a review then please do it gives us a, a real boost so it helps a lot and thank you to those of you who have recently done just that so uh, it's very much appreciated I've got to go because I can't speak anymore but i will see some of you on thursday night at the bedford pub in balham for desert island x live with john robbins and the rest of you i don't know when i'll see you but you'll hear the live show when we finally put it out anyway and uh, that's it from me okay bye